Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazzoni. Part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. Ah, stupid Alex Wood. So he stupid. Sucks. <laughs> it's not that he sucks, it's just he he should have known I've only got my fastball. Don't put me in yet. One more inning. <laughs> I bet Alex Wood was like warming up and he's like, wait a minute, Ross Stripling's pitching well? No, what? And it just threw him off his prep. His preparation like, coming in. Yeah, I think Cap called him in, and Alex was like, "No, Cap, only one of us can be good at a time. We, you should." But then he already had the ball by then; he had to pitch. <laughs> well, you know that's where how it goes for the Giants. They have a ten-game road winning streak, and now they're one in four since. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Alex Wood <laughs> should have thrown better. The offense should have hit better. The offense had two games that they were any good at all. Uh, that's kind of an issue. But uh, I can't say it's concerning because we're not doing inter- interesting concerning this week. So that's a break for the Giants. Tyro Estrada, according to Mark Simon of Baseball Info Solutions, he said that, you know, he pointed out that Tyro Estrada had grounded into three double plays the entire season. And in the last two games, really in like the last 12 innings, he grounded into three double plays and he almost grounded into a fourth one, like four straight double plays. I remember writing last year because I like Tyro Estrada. I think he's a good player. And I'm going to say more on that in a second, Doug. But I remember saying like, man, the second he loses 
like a quarter of a mile per hour off his foot speed is when he his value plummets because him staying out of double plays on those ground balls has really helped him not be a terrible uh, offensive you know deficit for the Giants. And at least in this Mets series, he really has been. All that said, the Giants are still holding on to a wild card spot. It was uh, pretty exciting. The Patrick Bailey part of this, uh, we, we got to talk about for a second, Doug, just because, again, it really tickled me. Anthony DeComo, right? <laughs> <laughs> Someone named Patrick Bailey just hit a three-run home run. Fantastic. It made me so happy. And it really did. Uh, our, our podcast, Doug, it continues to grow in influence and uh, just be ever more prescient because you can't compare Patrick. You, you can't. You shouldn't compare Patrick Bailey to any catchers in the Giants past. But there he is doing things that remind you of one guy. You see Patrick Bailey, and the only name that can that just comes across your mind is Eliezer Alfonso. <laughs> you know, Eliezer Alfonso came in. He, he he hit a home run against the Mets in 2006. I think we're all thinking about that every time we see Patrick Bailey. Uh, I can't keep this bit going, obviously. Uh, he's as impressive as Buster Posey was in his first <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. I am. This is where getting old really sucks. Eliezer Alfonso homered in his first game in New York against the Mets in 2006. I nailed it. I did yeah. that off the top of my head. You nailed it. And the thing is, you know, you want to bring up the Eliezer Alfonso comp, which is fine. You're entitled to do that. But I really think you, uh, the Eli Whiteside erasure, I won't stand for it. <laughs> Because really, no one has inspired as much confidence behind the dish since Eli Whiteside. Uh, offensively, I mean, fine. You want to throw out the Eliezer Alfonso comp? That's your right, Doug. Uh, but I, I'm not going to let Eli Whiteside go quietly. My favorite. How many, how many home runs did Eli Whiteside hit in New York against the Mets? Just, mm. just real quick. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. You got me there. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm actually now looking at his baseball reference page. Against the Mets, he had in fact zero home runs, so that would be a zero all the way around. <laughs> so he didn't mention the name that shall not be named. Um, I just want to just want to mention that we did get another bit of Tyro Estrada news that uh, is wrapped in in much more positive news. Tyro Estrada not named to the All Star team as a reserve. Camilo Doval, though, is named to the All-Star Game roster for the National League, the lone representative of the Giants this season. If you had to pick one Giant, I guess that is the one Giant that you would pick. So it's not a controversial thing. I am very disappointed that Tyra Estrada, literally up until this weekend, that is, the 10th best player in the National League by wins above replacement, the best uh, second baseman in the National League by wins above replacement, not on the roster. Couldn't, couldn't crack it. But Camilo Duvall, let's talk about him for just a second. Isn't he great? He's great. Yeah, he's he's been uh, exactly what you hope a closer is going to be. And he's been basically, after he had a little bit of a hiccup, like his first game in New York, which he still, he still got the save, but he looked bad. Uh, but I mean, since mid-April, he's been fantastic. It's been really impressive to see his development. You know, when he was in the minors, he couldn't throw a strike. He was, you know, walking seven guys per nine innings. And you're like, you say this about so many guys in the minors. You're like, if he could just harness the stuff, just get it in the strike zone, just consistently throw strikes, he'd be so good. And Camilo Duvall is the one who did it. 
and you're seeing exactly why you dream on the other 19 guys to get one Camille Duvall. It's weird. You said mid-April, and that's that's good. I mean, that's correct. But it is weird how you think of Duvall and you think he's been good all season long. Not entirely the case. He's kind of like the rest of the Giants as a team. Like once it turned from April to May, he was playing better than the group for sure. But it's like the whole team uh, really stepped it up a notch because his ERA through April was 327. He had a pair of losses and a blown save uh, that led to a loss. But since then, he has, uh, and that's in 11 games. But since then, a 133 ERA with a 1-0 record, just one blown save, and 21 saves in 27 games. Giants are 25-2 and two in those games. Um, also, a really nifty 38-11 to 11 strikeouts to walk. And his cutter is averaging 100 miles an hour, which uh, is by far the highest average on that pitch. That's just terrifying, I, I, you know. But the the since May numbers for the Giants are remarkable, and their best reliever also getting the benefit of that. I mean, it just sounds sounds like they've activated the cheating machine. But no, I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so congrats to Camilo Duvall. I'm kind of thinking that if there's an injury or someone declines an invite, the Tyro Estrada is probably going to be the next guy up. I mean, maybe the thing about Estrada is his value is coming from sort of the, like some, some good defense, some good base running. He's a good hitter, but he's not a great hitter. Um, I would say that it's more likely for JD Davis to be an injury replacement um, because JD Davis has a little bit more star, star power, him been in New York and Tyro Estrada. I mean, I know Tyro Estrada was on the Yankees for a little bit, but not in the same way. Um, and JD Davis's numbers are a little bit more impressive when you just glance at at the the hitting leaderboards, the pure hitting leaderboards, without taking all the other stuff into account. Tyra Estrada deserves it, but um, I would doubt that he'll get there. I also just want to kind of give a shout out to Tyler Rogers, who's been oh, yeah. absolutely phenomenal this year. And he's basically never going to be an all-star unless he somehow becomes a closer. You know, he has a 174 ERA in 41 in the third innings as of, as of this recording. Camilo Duvall has a 189 ERA and 38 innings. So, I mean, Tyler Rogers deserves it basically just as much as Duvall. He just, again, he doesn't have the eye-popping stuff. And you basically have to be Dan Quisenberry to make the all-star team as a submariner. Like, literally Dan Quisenberry, not Dan Quisenberry-level talent. Yeah. Like, your name has to be Dan Quisenberry. You're totally right. You write about Camilo Duvall, and Tyler Rogers is right there. I was trying to be like, well, what's Camilo Duvall's ranks in terms of the rest of the National League? Because when I was writing about him being named, I was like, well, he leads NL and saves, and uh, his strikeout to walk, his ERA, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, Tyler Rogers is right there. Wait, Tyler Rogers is right there. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> Rogers has a better this. He has a better that. Uh, so it's kind of uh, it's weird how they're intertwined, but that just shows how effective they are back-to-back, especially with the different styles. Uh, and one more thing. Here's why I keep harping on Tyro Estrada. Because how often in our lives do the Giants have a top 10 position player? <laughs> so that's it. That's the main reason. I'm like, wow. And he's an up the middle guy uh, on top of it. And like legitimately, it's not like you're you're squinting and guessing. I still remember when people lost their mind when Brandon Crawford was getting named to all-star teams. It's just like it's just the case 
that the the people, the loudest voices who have control of the media, Doug, starts at the top. <laughs> They're all on the East Coast. And so like literally anyone that's like, literally west of missouri west of st louis they're like who is this joker he's no better than i uh ikf what's that guy's name <laughs> isaiah kind of yes it's like yeah it's like that that's the that's the floor for a lot of these guys and it's like well there are so many other better players um uh, you mentioned J.D. Davis. So, I mean, it'd be funny if he got named because the Nationals fans would have a legit uh, argument. Heimer Candelario, <laughs> he's got the better war. But uh, OK, time for the uh, bullpen trust power rankings for June. I know this is why everyone has uh, signed up for the for the Croncast, Doug. This is the value proposition we provide. Yeah, we uh, we're giving the people what they want here. We've got so many fan letters about this bit. When is it coming back? Rogue? Well, we do it once in a month. But why I want it? I want it now. Well, guys, if we give it to you every time, I mean, you're gonna get tired of it. So yeah, got it. Got to keep streaming you along. Also, it it just is the case that how many times and then how many different ways can we say that the Giants have a great bullpen? It has been dominant. It has been fantastic. It is the best bullpen in the National League uh, through June with 3.3 wins above replacement, if that's how you just want to look at it. They've also pitched 350 innings as a bullpen, which is the most in the National League after the A's and the Rays. How do you want to define that? Because this is what Doug and I ran into. Who the fuck is a starter and who's a reliever on this staff at this point? Nobody knows. Nobody knows at all. So. No. It's, it's very confusing. I think the Giants enjoy that. I think they like confounding people and and uh, changing up the definition of what a bullpen is or can be because that's where they derive value is their originality. But uh, I would say that this list was as difficult as last month, I, I would say, because they're all, they're all pitching very well, but we're going to give it a shot. And we didn't enter this with any criteria. So I don't know who Doug's going to select or determine as a reliever versus a starter. And we're just going to go from there. So why don't you kick it off, Doug? All right. So uh, in last place, I was kind of going back and forth here because, you know, not everyone is necessarily a reliever. Not everyone's a starter. These definitions get a little hazy, like Brian just said. But then Alex Wood really pitched like shit in New York. And so (laughs) I wasn't even going to put him on the list. But now he's in last place because he pitched like shit in New York. So Alex Wood in last place for me. I don't have Alex Wood on my list, but you just made a really strong case for why he should be. <laughs> he, he came in and he had five innings and no runs and seven strikeouts uh, when the Giants had their historic game in Toronto for their lone win there. Uh, and so he's basically exchanging good appearance, bad appearance. His first uh, appearance coming off the IL, I think that was also five scoreless innings. And then he got blown up against the Padres. Then he came back and he pitched well against the Blue Jays. And then it was a walkathon against the Mets. He's all over the place. Is he a starter? Is a reliever? He doesn't want to be a reliever. He's being treated like a reliever. I'm with you. He wasn't on my list, so it's it cost me nothing to put him at the bottom of mine. So <laughs> yeah, it's where he belongs. Yes. All right. So who's your next one? Uh, so next, I have Jacob Junis. So Junis had a pretty bad month, as it turns out. Um, he uh, 
he pitched 15 innings, uh, had an ERA of 660. Now, there are a lot of things that he actually did right. He uh, he struck out. He had a good strikeout rate. He was 10.2 strikeouts per nine. So he had a really good strikeout rate. He didn't walk anybody, but he gave up some homers and he gave up some runs. And, uh, you know, in a strong bullpen, that's going to kind of put you closer to the bottom of the rankings than anyone except for Alex Wood, who, again, totally pitched like shit in New York. Okay, so what you just wrote, because Junis is on my list, but he is on the list above these guys. I think I'm going to combine them all into one because I don't trust them based on their health. Scott Alexander, John Brebbia, and Luke Jackson. They all were great when they pitched. They combined for 13, 15, 16 innings pitched in June. And uh, and only Luke Jackson gave up a run out of the three of them. He gave up a run or two. Um, they all had positive win pop probability added. But I don't know when Scott Alexander is coming back. I'm unclear when John Brebbia is coming back. And I'm unclear when Luke Jackson's coming back. And so I can't trust – these are all three guys who do have iffy health histories too. So for me, I rated them as the lowest. Um, I don't know. I just totally blew it all up for myself, but that's how I see it. So you have Wood, then Junis. Who's next for you? I mean, that, that is an interesting point about the kind of the injured guys. Um, I just kind of slotted them in assuming they're healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. So you'll see them later on my on my list. Um so next, I mean, I Jackson was really good. I mean, just to be clear, yeah. Luke Jackson, when he pitched, was fantastic. But I'm also like, wow, he came back from Tommy John. He rehabbed. And now he's back on the IL. And, and I, who knows? So anyway, go yeah. ahead. Who's next? Um, so next, I had actually Ryan Walker. Hmm. That, you know, his his troubles when he opens a game have just been kind of rough to see. And he can get through it. Like, he has the talent and sort of funkiness to get through it. But I, I'm watching him just walk some guys, go to 3-1 with, like, the bases loaded, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't feel good about this. He gets out of it, but you don't get out of that every time. Like, the, you get out of that three times in a row, you're, you've been playing with fire an awful lot, and it feels like Walker has been really playing with fire. Uh, so I had him a little bit higher because overall the yes he had the three open the four open air appearances and he was not good in all but one of them the Toronto one and like you said it was by the skin of his teeth there uh, that actually wound up making the four openings uh, have a positive win probability added by virtue of ha- him escaping that first inning jam uh, but I had him a little bit higher. Uh, he was my, I guess I'm saying my number six next on my list would have been Sean Mania. So I would have him, uh, what second, third from the bottom. So you have wood, Junis Walker, and I have wood, those guys and Mania. And because Sean Mania is effectively a reliever at this point, looking at him, he actually pitched pretty well, the 169 FIP. And even in his appearance against the Mets, maybe not all that hot. Or he he looked okay, um, and so my trust for him is more like he's fine. I don't think that there's like a lot of um, a lot of separation for a lot of these guys. Maybe at this lower end, but I do trust Manaya more than Junis. 
And I trust Manaya less than Ryan Walker, who you trust more than. Um, so who would be your next spot? So my next spot was Manaya. Okay. Um, oh, so we just flipped them. All right. Yeah, we just flipped them. You know, yeah. pretty easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Manaya, 11 and a half strikeouts per nine in June, 1.7 walks per nine. I mean, th- those are really strong numbers. Didn't give up a home run. Um, and he sort of uh, had a little bit of bad luck with the number of runners he he allowed scoring. Um, his left on base percentage was bizarrely low. It was 44%. It usually is about 75%, and there's not a whole lot that a pitcher can do about that. Um, so instead of – so basically what that means, instead of one out of every four uh, base runners he allowed scoring, it was more than half of them scoring, which won't, won't be likely to continue. On the other hand, that did happen. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you see him give up runs and you trust him less. Uh, and of course we still have those scars from the beginning of the season, as much as he's looked much better as a reliever, you remember how he looked as a starter. So, um, that's why I have him pretty low, you know, the, the high area and the, even with the low fit. Yeah. Another reason why I have Walker ahead of him, just to throw this out there, since we're kind of tying them was in his non-opener appearances. He was fan- he was overall very sharp. He allowed one run in his non-opener appearances in June, um, and so I just kind of say like, man, it's you can't trust him in the role that the Giants have been using him in, which I guess is how you would say, well, that's kind of what the ranking should weight towards that. But at the same time, we know why they're using him in that role because they don't have John Brebia to do that right now. And we see that they've got Ross Stripling back now, so maybe that will change the dynamic some more. I don't know. I think Manaya being where he is is not a punishment, but an adjustment that they had to make because he was so bad as a starter. Whereas Walker suffering as an opener, I don't want to hold against him too much because he really is more supposed to be pitching later in the game. So it's like one switch is helping one guy and the other switch isn't helping another guy. That's where it's like, well, I trust the player to be if he's using the right spots, but maybe I'm not, maybe the team's not going to give me that opportunity. So if that sounds convoluted, I apologize, but um, all right. So who's after Manaya for you? And then we'll do a quick reset. Uh, so after Manaya, I have Tristan Beck. Um, oh, cool. That's who I have too. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more. So, so we're getting into sort of the good pitchers, the, um, like the ones who have actually been pitching pretty well. And of those guys, I think Tristan Beck is still the one who is rightfully being used in the lowest leverage leverage situations. Um, you know, he pitched 16 and a third in, uh, in June. Strikeout rate wasn't great. Walk rate wasn't great. He didn't allow a lot of runs. Um, but, and we could all see the stuff was there. Uh, but he, he did kind of slip a little bit. So... You know, I have he's he's better than he's certainly better than than Manai, I think. I trust him more than Walker just because of what we've talked about already. But um, he's a he's a step behind the rest of the staff. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, the four forty, uh, excuse me, the four fourteen FIP versus the two twenty ERA and the sixteen point one innings pitched. Uh, that's not terrible, especially for a reliever, but it's also like we just watching him eye test wise. I'm like, he's, he's a one and a half pitch pitcher. A lot of the time when he can get the slider really working, he's, he's really great. 
But yeah, I, I trust him a little bit more than, I mean, even Ryan Walker, a guy I like, but he's definitely, uh, I think they're using him also in sort of the right roles. Like you said, the low leverage. So I think that's a good spot for him. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do a reset then, counting from the bottom up. From the bottom up, I have Alex Wood, uh, Jacob Junis, Ryan Walker, Sean Manaya, and Tristan Beck. And then I have created a big problem. I have Alex Wood, and then I have a three-way tie for Scott Alexander, John Brebbia, Luke Jackson, Jacob Junis, Sean Manaya, Ryan Walker, Tristan Beck. So that's my list. So I have just four left on my list, and I suspect you have more than that. Technically, I have six. Two of them I'm going to basically combine into one. I did not rank Scott Alexander, but I'll talk about that. Uh-huh. Uh, not not after this, not on this one, but the next one. You know who I blame for this? The Giants. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They're just like galaxy branding their, their way. That's right. Give, giving us a hard time. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, Ross Stripling should be on this list, but he didn't pitch much in June. So I'm sure he'll pop up back here. And uh, it's it's a mess. All right. So top four. I'm going to name. No, you, you have more than me. So you should go next. So who would be your next player? Because this would be your sixth. Number six? Yeah. Number okay. six. Okay. So uh, number six for me is uh, Keaton Wynn mm-hmm. um, with the caveat being, I don't know how much longer he's going to be a reliever. Um, yeah. I know they have five starters right now, technically, but he's pretty clearly much better in a starting role than Anthony Scalfani is at the moment. Um, Anthony Scalfani is running on fumes, just watching Alex Wood come in and shit the bed half the time. I, I would trust Keaton Wynn over him in the rotation. So, for now, he might technically be a reliever. I don't know if that's going to last. Uh, he has been, but he's been excellent um, ever since getting called up. Uh, zero complaints. <laughs> um, his start against the Blue Jays was great, but he was also, he's been doing those four and five inning relief appearances where he just shuts it down. You feel good when he's on the mound. You're in good hands. So um, I have him next because he has been just a really solid player but who knows how much longer he's going to be a reliever yeah that was my thinking for where i rated him which we haven't reached that spot yet so who's your next one so next i have the the other two injured guys i have luke jackson and john brevia okay. um, i can just kind of say them together they're hurt right now when they're in the game i trust them um they're just not going to be in the game anytime soon uh and the reason I excluded Scott Alexander from the list 
was basically that he's been hurt. He was hurt for most of June. He there were they didn't pitch him for I think ten days when he was on the active roster, and then he came in, pitched very briefly, and went on the IL. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I mean, does that really count? I don't think so. He was basically not available for most of June. I think Brebian and Jackson got a few more appearances in enough that whatever my criteria is to, to go on the list, they satisfied it. <laughs> Please don't ask me what that was, but um, it was arbit- it was arbitrary, but they both did a really good job when they were in uh, and uh, they deserve to rank highly because I, you know, whenever John Brebian comes back this year, I'm going to be happy to see him on the mound. Whenever, if, and when, you know, Luke Jackson comes back this year, I, I have confidence in him doing a good job on the mound. So they're uh, number five and four, even if they're not going to be coming to a, the game soon. All right. Who's your next one then? Because I feel like maybe now we're going to run okay. into my controversy. Now. Uh, so next is, because this was really tough, actually. But next I had Taylor Rogers. Great. So now we can have this conversation. <laughs> I have Keaton Wynn ahead of Taylor Rogers which seems absurd, but you said the thing that made me uh, the key thing, Keaton Wynn pitched so well, the Giants now trust him to be in the rotation possibly. So doesn't that rationally move him beyond Taylor Rogers? That said, Taylor Rogers, 9.2 innings pitched, a 0.93 ERA with a 225 FIP. He added 0.557 win probability added, pitching in the second, third, sixth, seventh, eighth, and tenth innings throughout the month. So the Giants trust him quite a bit, Doug. They trust him (laughs) very much. And you ranking him as high as you have, which is what, third, is completely rational. But I I put win because he pitched so well. Like win's first appearance was that four-inning save. And then his most recent appearance was six dominant innings that made you go, oh, he should be in the rotation. So I'm like, just by performance in the month alone, uh, whereas Taylor Rogers effectively after April turned his season around and he's been reliable. So I'm being irrational, but you're being rational. I'm just pointing that out. (laughs) Any other things you want to spotlight Um, about Taylor Rogers' great month? (laughs) So the, well, before we do that, so the reason, the, the response to they trust Keaton Wynn to be in the rotation is, Yes, they do. They don't trust him to be a late inning reliever. Um, mm. So, I mean, if we're just ranking bullpen trust, then I think that's the argument. I, you know, he's been excellent, and Taylor Rogers has just was just a lockdown reliever the entire month. He's a lockdown reliever in all of May too. Um, if in I, probably in most bullpens in the league, Taylor Rogers would be the clear number one, uh, but because there are just two guys who uh, we've already mentioned on this podcast as being excellent this year. Um, He's kind of losing out, but he's been so good. Um, He really has. You know, just in in the month of June, 14.9 strikeouts per nine, 2.8 walks per nine. Uh, What, what more could you ask for? It's, he's been just absurd. He's pitching to his $11 million a year deal for sure. Yeah, I, I'm being silly. Yes. So I, I just had to do it because I was like, oh, well, the guy that they're moving out of the bullpen because he pitched so well seems like he should be ahead of the guy. But you're you're also right. So then that leaves what? Two guys, right? That's right. Two guys. I think we who, know who, who they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I put Tyler <laughs> Rogers uh, and I yeah. 
I mean, it was close, but I mean, if you want to look at the tiebreaker between he and Camilo Duvall, I mean, let's look at this first part start, unless I read it wrong, which I don't think I did. Both of them pitched 13.1 innings in June. Both of them had a 135 ERA in June. That's weird. Uh, but then we start to diverge. Tyler Rogers, a 1.93 FIP. Camilo Duvall, 3.28. Uh, and then you get into this weird thing. Well, it's because he's closing, but win probability added, which is maybe maybe for reliever, it's a good measure. But 1.282 win probability added for Rogers, and then 1.400 for Duvall. Tyler Rogers is like one of the hardest pitchers in baseball to square up. His hard hit rates ridiculously low. Uh, he had like, like I was saying earlier, every time I'm looking up a Camilo Duvall stat, there's Tyler Rogers just uh, chugging along, but I couldn't, I couldn't put the all-star number two. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a lot simpler that Tyler Rogers does have to rely on his defense a little bit. And yeah. Camilo Duvall doesn't. Yeah. Um, and just as much as Tyler Rogers could be, objectively a little bit better and statistically he has been i think just the mere fact that camilo duvall would have a much easier time striking out the side with the bases loaded than rogers would you know rogers you'd hope for one strikeout and then maybe he gets a double play yeah duvall you know yeah he'll strike out the side sure why not he could do it um and i think that's that's the tiebreaker it's not super fair i think rogers is still an immensely valuable kind of pitcher he's a great pitcher but uh, but just look at trust, and I, I just want to be able to see a guy who will, who will blow 101 past you. Also, though, I mean, a credit to Tyler Rogers for the scenario, exact scenario you laid out. He has a pretty good chance of getting that. The, oh, yeah, the, the one strikeout and the double play. I think that's been why he's been so succe- successful is he's been able to get, for the most part, the type of ball and play that he needs to get out of the situation. Uh, but Duvall, or, or a pop-up. Pop up more pop up. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's do our convoluted list that will help everyone at their 4th of July barbecue. I think this is definitive. If you want to walk into that barbecue and people start arguing with you about the giants and this guy's trash or this guy's sneaky good. No, this is the list. This is all you need to yeah. know. Or you, or no, sorry. You pick between Doug and I, since we have different people and that determines what kind of person you are. Sorry. Sorry. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my list is alex wood then jacob junis then ryan walker sean Manaya, tristan beck keaton win uh luke jackson and john brebbia taylor rogers tyler rogers and camilo Duvall. all right and then i have alex wood and then a three-way tie between scott alexander john brebbia luke jackson based strictly on their health availability then Jacob Junis, Sean Manaya, Ryan Walker, Tristan Beck, Taylor Rogers, Keaton Wynn, Tyler Rogers, Camilo Duval. That's definitive. And if you are in how American you are determines on which list you side with. So that's right. One of us is a communist, but we won't tell you which one. That's right. I w- that's right. I had no plans of revealing. <laughs> Just go with your gut. <laughs> All right. So the Giants are going to play the Mariners. We'll be. We'll be uh, talking about that later in the week, and then we'll preview the next series. But uh, the Mariners, Doug, I didn't ask you to write anything up or look into them for a second. Just wanted to let everyone know that that that's what's happening starting today. The uh, Mariners are 40 and 42, nine games back in the AL West. They're three games back of the Angels somehow. Uh, Five and five in their last 10 games, two game winning streak. 
a plus 17 run differential, something to keep in mind. And they're 16 and 22 on the road. A fun little note here. They're going to have, well, they have like all young starting pitcher pitchers. We're going to see Logan Gilbert, who is their top prospect at one point and is pitching. Okay. This year, but um, on tonight's game is this guy, Brian Wu, and he's a uh, Cal Poly alum. So expect Mike. Heart of the West, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's also from right, Oakland. Expect it, expect it from me too. Cause I also went to Cal Poly. <laughs> Brian woo went to Cal Poly. That's <laughs> so, there it is. Uh, he was born in the year 2000, Doug. <laughs> oh God. Why did you say that? That was cruelty. It was right there. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so that, that'll be an interesting series. I think uh, the two teams are modeled so similarly that uh, it will be, uh, I think it's always fun when they match up. I kind of feel like the giants will have the edge, but I thought they had the edge going in the Mets series and boy, did they prove that wrong. So that's the last time I backed the giants. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. I would say the most interesting thing about the Mariners is that Trevor Gott is currently in their bullpen. If you, oh. if you didn't pay attention, you would think that he was out of baseball by now, but he is not. Um, he is and not. he's, he has an ERA plus of exactly 100. So he has been exactly league average way to go. Trevor Gott. I'm excited to see Julio Rodriguez hit a dinger or two. I think that's going to happen. I think there's a good chance of that. He's a fun player. Yeah, and, and Jared Kalenix, uh had a had a nice year. Uh, they have Teoscar Hernandez. They have, they have a nice, like a fun outfield. Yeah. Um, I, maybe but, you we'll know, obviously to... the big star is Trevor Gott. <laughs> Let it be said. Doug, will you be writing about Trevor Gott this week, and where will that be? <laughs> uh, I, I haven't decided yet. But uh, whatever I write about this week, you can find me at giantsdug.substack.com, where I write uh, twice a week, though I don't know if I'm going to give a, a huge effort on for, for the 4th of July this week uh, about the Giants. Brian, where can people found, find your writing? It's going to be mccoveychronicles.com. Uh, in terms of the Giants Croncast, I think Twitter is actually dead now. So I don't know where you're going to get updates on the, the Croncast. But go ahead while you're at the family barbecue Tell your friends and family to give us five stars right there on the Spotify app. Giants Croncast, a podcast for San Francisco Giants fans. We're part of Fans First Sports Network, which was on Twitter at Fans First SN. Uh, again, I don't know what's going to happen in the, where we're going to wind up social media wise afterward, but stay subscribed uh, and you'll get the new episodes. We're going to do twice a week still. And uh, we're, we're either Monday, Thursday or Monday, Friday, depending on when a series uh, happens. So that's when you can expect us definitely every Monday. But and so until Thursday, when we'll be back with an all new episode. Go Giants. <laughs>